0: All right, I promise I'm off my soapbox, so we're going to make the rest of today's show fun. Let the record show. No one has asked you to abandon the soapbox. I, I'm asking myself. Thought it was pretty. Asking myself. Either way, hey, Tom Thayer is going to join us in a second. Has no interest in. I can tell you this. I bet you, Tom. I don't think Tom Thayer's on social media. Uh, we could ask him. Yeah. I don't know one way or the other. Yeah. Tom, actually, is he? Is he there? Tom is uh, brought to you by our, our friends at Hawk Mazda. Uh, so, Tom, first of all, welcome. Yeah. Connor McNight is in for Sylvie today. Hi Tom, long time. Good to
1: see you. Hey Connor, how you doing? Good to uh, talk to you. My
0: my question is, are you on social media, Tom?
1: Not, not at all. Yeah, I have a tel- I have a telephone number and I have an email. Uh, other than that, i um, know. I'm no, I'm, a, I'm a ghost. Okay,
0: see, so... I, now- you know
1: what, though. You know, you know, I'm too thin-skinned. I couldn't. I just couldn't take the abuse of someone. You know, just throwing messages at me and telling me what a piece of crap I am. And then I would have to go hunt them down or or else I'd have to respond. It's just, I love
0: that. Tom's not on social media. Self-aware, Because the vengeance would be too time consuming. That's right. I don't have the time. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's fabulous. All right. uh, Some more pressing issues. uh, Tom, Uh, your thoughts on this Falcons team that the bears will be facing this weekend.
1: You know, the Falcon team is a lot like their head coach's personality. And he's like an old-school kind of guy that he'll make his feelings known on the sideline, um, and he has high expectations for the way his team is supposed to play no matter where or when. So I, I always have concern for a guy that has a, a, a team that has a dominant uh, personality from their head coach. And, you know, uh, Taylor Heineke, you know, you, know, you don't know... What he's going to offer. He's, you know, he's willing to throw the ball anywhere. They run the ball really well on first down. They have a couple of great running backs. They have a couple of really good tight ends. They have a good wide receiver. Their defense plays fast. And um, so, you know, if the Bears don't go out there and kind of go toe to toe with them at the beginning of the game, um, you know, Atlanta could build a little self confidence. So I'm interested to see. Can the Bears take a 250-yard rushing performance from last week and continue it this week?
0: The combination of the head coach, Arthur Smith, and quarterback Taylor Heineke is an interesting one because Heineke's kind of said out loud, I'm here for a short time, not a you know a good time, not a long time. Right. I'm going to let it all air out kind of thing. And from what I understand, Tom, Arthur Smith is very much not that kind of head coach. I think he'd rather control things and slow the game down a little bit some. How have you seen that pairing kind of work out as you've watched tape, and how do you see that pairing maybe play into what the Bears may do well defensively?
1: Well, you know, um, their quarterback is not the first priority. Algier and um, Dejan Robinson, they're, they're priority number one. And then you got Pitts, the tight end. Nah, he's not a tight end. He's a big wide receiver. Um that you know came out as a tight end he's probably got the largest catching radius of any receiver in the NFL yep. so i don't know how you exactly cover him with a defensive back that may be able to go stride for stride with him or a linebacker that may give a little bit of power behind the initial hit and so when you have Arthur Smith he's not sitting there saying okay it, it's it's on you quarterback you're you're going to be the guy that is going to run this offense for us no you're going to be the guy that's going to assist this offense run efficiently through a running game and so you statistically the bears against the run are doing great and then when they do get a chance to rush the passer they're you know doing equally as well but you know one thing about atlanta too is four of their offensive linemen are on the injury report and a limited status throughout the week and um so I, I think it's going to be interesting to see if these guys are healthy or if they're limping into the game. And with a high temperature of 32 degrees, maybe it's a little colder to Atlanta than it will, will be the Bears. But Atlanta's played in some pretty crappy conditions the last couple of weeks, so they're kind of used to that as well.
0: Tom, is their good defense a, a product of them being just that? I believe they're top ten in, in yards allowed and points allowed. Or is it also partly due to the fact that they reside in the NFC South?
1: No, they're good. You know, they have a great safety in Bates. Uh, they've got some linebackers they brought aboard. Uh, Caden Ellis is really playing well, had 10 tackles last week. He had three tackles for loss. He had a sack. Um, they, Like I said, they play an up-tempo kind of a style of defense. Grady Jarrett, one of their best defensive linemen, got hurt early in the year. So the guys up front are holding it together, and you know it's it's kind of yeah, I guess it is a product of playing in that division, but I still think um you know they they play an you know an up temple style of defense, and uh you know they' kind of complemented a, a a running game on the offensive side of the ball that can have have some sustained time of possession. We
0: were talking. We were talking with the other two guys, with uh, Barstool Chief, with Jeff Meller earlier in in, crosstalk about this Falcons team. And Waddle mentioned, I don't know what I'm going to get. They could be this. They could be that. I talked into this, talked out of that. I I can tell you this. I feel feel confident that they will be a better challenge or a bigger challenge on both sides of the football than the Cardinals. Sure. I mean, that's – yeah, that's there for an easy statement. So so from that end, Tom, do you – are the, are the Falcons, to you, like a quarterback away from being something here? Like, do you put them in that category?
1: Uh, you know, it's a good question. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think if they got significant improvement and they had a quarterback that stayed healthy throughout the whole season, they could complement uh, a good, like I said, a good wide receiver, a couple good tight ends, a good running game. They have solid offensive linemen and Lindstrom and Matthews and those kind of guys, so – I do think that if, if they had an upgrade in quarterback, they could you know definitely you know get in a position where they could win that division because I don't really know where that division's going yeah. in the long run. Um, so yeah, and then it, uh, you know depending upon you know what how Grady Jarrett comes back, he's a really good defensive lineman. You know he's not very tall, but he's powerful. He's quick. He's got great defensive line instincts. And so, yeah, I, I think they could be a really good team. But you know, the thing about it is, is the owner hasn't given the head coach a vote of confidence right. that he's guaranteed to be back. That he's still going through the evaluation process. So, I guess one thing that makes me nervous about that, if the locker room really likes Arthur Smith, then they're going to go out and they're going to play hard for him to give the owner an indication that he he belongs there. And then, you know, kind of then you are talking about maybe you're just a quarterback away from being a, a, a team that can, can take control of that division for a few years.
0: Talking with Bears analyst Tom Fair here on the Waddle & Sylvie Show, ESPN 1000. Now obviously, Tom, we, we can't know what we don't know. But Arthur Smith, 21-28 and 28 in three seasons, while well, two seasons and, and all of this one so far. If he's got his pick, given what we know about Arthur Smith, what kind of a quarterback, what flavor of signal caller do you think he goes You're for? You're dancing around the question, do you think they'd be interested in Justin Fields if he were available, like right, dancing. Connor? I like dancing. You like dancing, okay.
1: Well, to me, I, I think anybody that's a quarterback away, if Justin was on the uh, open market, they would be silly not to, you know, kick the tires as the front office guys say. Um, but to me, I still think that if you can have a really competent uh you know, uh, drop back passer, a guy that was bred um, in school that way, that is going to take uh, the offensive weapons they have and compliment them. Because John Robinson, man, he's a heck of a, he, yeah. you know, he catches the back really well out of the backfield. And then when uh, you have the tight ends that they have and the wide receivers and the growth and the potential they, can, they have throughout the draft, I don't know if – uh you know, I'm sure Arthur Smith is going to look at all available candidates at the quarterback position, um, but this isn't like, you know, guys get into the portal and then you have to decide <laughs> what kind of quarterback you want. It's you you have to go out and find that guy that complements your ta- your um, talent the best.
0: Tom, what do you make of last weekend's win over the Cardinals? I, I think it, from my perspective, it's been kind of a microcosm of the entire season. Where for a good portion of the game, you're very excited about what you see, and then maybe the second half, you look at it and go, WTF? Just happened?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You know, it's just disappointing because you think, man, you know, you you sit there in the first half and you hear Jeff making all these calls, and, man, 21 points. You're on easy street. You're going to coast to a win. Man, uh, Arizona stinks. And then all of a sudden, boom, you you know, you throw an interception or they make a big play or – you know, Kyler, a big run, but he gets a big throw. And then all of a sudden, the antennas go up because you're you're concerned about, are, can the Bears finish? Because that's kind of been, the you know, how many games this year have we said, well, they played well, but they weren't able to finish. And I think that was kind of coming back to haunt you a little bit. Um, I didn't have a, a great deal of respect for the Arizona Cardinals going in the game. I guess the most exciting thing about it was uh, Khalil Herbert showed that explosiveness that he had showed early in the season. And from the very first interior run on the first play of the game, he said, wow, you know, it's, it looks like Khalil Herbert's on, on his way back, you know. And then he was able to finish the day and have the big run day. Um, they would have had a bigger run day if, if Justin didn't have that 33-yarder call back due to the holding call. And then, you know, you would have said, well, maybe they would have got points out of it. But, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I just think, it, you know, the the Bears haven't showed a knockout punch. And they, they you know, they keep letting their opponent get up off the mat and start throwing a couple haymakers. And then it's, then it's you know, back to a, a battle again.
0: What should the Bears' knockout punch be?
1: You know, I, I guess, you know, I've... Said it A couple times, I don't. What, I don't know what the Bears' identity is, offense. Spe, you know, offensively speaking, yeah. um, and I think if you do have a knockout punch, you kind of rely on your what you feel your identity is, and then you use that until the opponent can't take anymore. And you know, back in our era, fortunately, we had a guy like Walter Payton, and we are going to go. We are going to run the ball at you as many times as possible until you couldn't take it anymore. And then the defense was going to take over. Now um, you know the Bears—they just don't have that repetitive identity. And sometimes you get plays like short yardage that come back to haunt you—that you don't make at the most important time, i.e., Cleveland game. And then you know all of a sudden you're giving the ball back on a fourth down, or you're you know you got a punt after not making it on third down. So I still would like to see if the Bears have an identity. They would show everybody what it was before the end of the season because not looking ahead. But when you go to Green Bay and you go to that environment and you go to that defense and Kenny Clark, their defensive tackle, he's 14 and 0 against the Bears. He's one of the best. He's one of the best uh, interior defensive linemen in the league. So if you don't have something, That is gonna. You're gonna, you know, be willing to repeatedly challenge that Joe Barry defense with. It's gonna be a struggle, just like the first game of the year.
0: Tom, uh, this is kind of a a broad question and a long question, but I'm I'm very interested to hear your perspective on just how much progress you think this team has made. They're six and nine. If you look. That, which is much better than what they were last year. I get it. We have seen inside different games, even when the game hasn't gone the way we'd liked in the win-loss column, you've seen progress from guys. At the end of the day, how much stock do you put into who you're beating and who you're losing to? And the reason I ask that is is of the six wins that this team has, and it is significantly higher than their win total from last year. You've beaten a bad Commanders team. You've beaten the Raiders with Brian Hoyer. You've beaten the Panthers, and it was a squeaker. You beat the Vikings with Josh Dobbs. You got a good win at home against the Lions here in a convincing fashion. You beat a bad Cardinals team. I don't. Every win in the NFL, as we both know, is a good win. But when you're evaluating who we are as a team, how much of the opponent and who the opponent is factors into your evaluation?
1: You know, unfortunately, quite a bit. Because if they would have beat Detroit twice and then they would have beat Cleveland at home, I think we would all be talking a different narrative about what the Bears can be and the improvements they're making and where they can go. So I think they're getting the defense right. I think every level, first, second, third level of the defense is really their arrows pointed up. I think the offensive line is starting to develop chemistry, although there may be a couple of new pieces that they need to put in place next year. And then it's going to be about, you know, you know identifying multiple receivers per game. And when you think of what D.J. Moore has been able to do but what Darnell, Moore, Darnell Mooney has not been able to do, you think of the development of Cole Komet, and he's kind of held down the tight end position exclusively. I still think there's a lot of need for growth, potential identity on the offensive side of the ball that if they ever turn into a time-consuming scoring offense, that the, offense, the defense can be even more aggressive and um, you know, put, put what they've been able and their improvements on display even more. Interesting stuff.
0: Uh, should be a much better game, or at least a more competitive game on the leg front this weekend. Uh, do, any insight, Tom, on, on the availability of Cole Komet before we let you go?
1: Um, I don't know. You know, I I uh I, I honestly I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. I, I assume and I hope he does play and you know, he's like I like I said, he's the type of guy that's been holding down that position. And if it's just a matter of giving him four days of rest before he goes out there against the Falcons, I'm okay with that because this year he's he's earned it. And um so I, I certain I hope Cole um, suits up and he seems to be the type of guy that is ready, you know, wants to be ready, willing, and, you know, we'll will go every week that he possibly can.
0: Have any New Year's resolutions you want to share with us? Be nicer to Sylvie. <laughs> How difficult is that going to be?
1: Uh, you know, I've never had a little brother. So, you know, I'm just going to put my arm around him and give him some hugs every once in a while and, okay. I hope even during the offseason we get a chance to talk and see each other.
0: You still will take the opportunity to push him down a flight of steps if it, uh, if it's there, right? <laughs>
1: hey, just like my bigger brother did to me.
0: Absolutely. All right, Tom, thanks so much, buddy. Have a great weekend, and uh, happy New Year to you.
1: Yeah, you guys as well. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Tom. Tom. There.
0: brought to you by Hawk Mast. I always love talking to Tom. It's interesting, you know, I, I wasn't trying to be a wise-ass, but when you evaluate – this team, like this is why, I, and I've said this in the past, and, and like I told you, I didn't want to dive into this conversation, so I won't with both feet, so I'll straddle it. Um, like the evaluation process, whether mm-hmm. it's the coach, it's the coordinator, it's the quarterback, it's everybody. Yeah, In a scenario like this, there, there are so many big decisions that have to be made and the magnitude of some of these d- decisions. You can't just look at a stat line. You just can't look at six and nine. You're not going to be able to look at seven and, and nine, or even eight and nine, or you know seven and ten, whatever the case may you, be. You've ah. got to look inside to make some of these, and you can't make comfortable decisions. Sometimes you're going to have to make uncomfortable decisions. Jed Hoyer made one at the end of you know the baseball season here. It wasn't the end of the baseball season or whatever it was with with David oh, Ross. Sure. Yeah, with the manager. Sure. So like that's why I asked Tom the question whether. You know, for for a number of reasons. When you look at like an NFL season's a lifetime. Things change up and down. Like uh, I look mean the Eagles. momentum. It's crazy. Exactly. I mean and you look at the forty ers Now Absolutely. they got boat raced by the Ravens yeah, sure. but it, they lost three in a row, went right. to the bye, came out, beat everyone by twelve points or more. <laughs> look at the Ravens. Yes. You know, exactly. <laughs> so an NFL season it ebbs and flows and it's a lifetime. But when if I'm entrusted with making organizational changing or shaping decisions i'm not just looking at the ancillary on the surface stuff i'm looking at how did you guys play against the better teams in the national football league whether you're the offensive coordinator or you're the quarterback how did you fare against steve spagnolo and the two times you faced brian flores And Jim Schwartz with the Cleveland Browns. How did you function against the better offenses in the league if you're a defense? How did you face them at the end of games? So, like, the decision process for me on a number of fronts has to be in-depth. It has to be nuanced. And it has to be exhaustive. And that's why I ask, like, when you look inside, it's a very mediocre league right now, I think, for the most part. There's parity. If you want to call it parity— Outside of the top teams in each conference. Parity is pretty kind. Yeah, sure. Let's call it parity. I mean, it's not. It's it's every quarterbacks. Yes. Like, so I don't want to be six and nine in the hunt next year. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I want to be nine and six and sitting firmly in one of those spots that everybody is talking about. And to get there, you have to make some difficult decisions and some uncomfortable decisions. So for me... Whether you're analyzing the White Sox or the Cubs or the Bulls or the Bears, when you're in a situation like they are, you got to dive deep into these things. Well, and just quickly here before the great because we have Waddle's World coming up. But for me, that's why divisional play is so important, too. Yeah. It's not like, oh, it's your rivals. And did you play the Packers well? And did you beat the line. You, you get a chance to play these teams twice. Yeah. How did you change? What adjustments did you make? Right. Tells you did a lot you about them? your team. Man, that's why this thing is so important. And that's it's why that divisional yep. play is so important. And that's why the results of those games and how you lost the vast majority of them matters to me so much. It's the reason why when we have this conversation about which one of these losses stings the most. Is it the comeback that you were at the, at the hands of the Broncos? Was it the collapse against the Lions? Was it the collapse against the Browns? The one that stings me most is the opening game of the season against the Green Bay Packers because they came to town with the youngest team in the National Football League and an inexperienced quarterback, and we were supposed to be – Taking that step or setting that tone early yep. and and reasserting ourselves in our division and we got boat race. And in that game, you had a chance to make Jordan Love, who had not yet gotten himself to a consistent level of quarterback play. Yeah. Forget, you know, how good it doesn't matter to me. Look at that one game, that first game that he played. You had opportunities to take the football from him, even when you didn't have a pass rush and Montez sweat yeah. and cooking defense the way you did. You didn't. And the offense sputtered. You weren't ready to play. Nope. You weren't ready at that time to make a statement of your own. Nope. You were facing the youngest team in the National Football League with an inexperienced quarterback, and they came into your building, and they roughed you up. Well, I'm riled up now. All kinds of riled. So that's why the game at the end of the season against Green Bay in their building is really important from my perspective. If I'm evaluating things... Like, and again, I'm not going to be a meatball and say this one counts for two wins or two losses. No. But the context of the evaluation process isn't just some surface, you know, dog and pony show. No. You got to dive deep into some of this stuff and ask yourself, why are we not better in the fourth quarter? Why are we not better against better teams? Why are we coughing up leads? Why are we doing this in, in crucial moments? And unless you're willing to answer those questions honestly to yourself, you're not going to make the progress that, that is necessary to be made. Well said. We will answer the weirdness, the weirdest yeah, of questions. Yeah, this stuff's going to get, I almost said the, a bad word there because I've <laughs> in, been off for a while. In but. Waddle's world. That's next, ESPN
1: 1000. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run. He's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Welcome to Waddle's World. Come inside. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. And let's weird. Get weird. And let's weird. Get weird. And let's weird. Get weird. And let's We're weird. 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 Weird.
0: Get weird. Yeah, let's get weird. I have not intended this show to be anywhere close to as serious as it's been so far. And yet, it's my fault. I take full responsibility for that. That's good. I took us down a dark alley with regard to presentations to a journalism class. My bad. Young, impressionable minds. I got all preachy on social media, you and did. the nastiness of Soapboxy. it. My fault. The so Twitch well, chat we'll is try. just all worked up about it. I wouldn't know. I mean, I they're don't, having a real kumbaya. Are they really R&A. talking about, are we here for the right reasons? I doubt Papa that. Tom said I, some really serious I, things here. I doubt here. that's going on yeah, in there. I it's doubt it's going on. on. No, there's three people arguing really hard about the uh, the Falcons and their 28-3 loss, You know, the comeback loss to the Patriots. And it has obviously something to do with Kyle Ryan. Shanahan and his inability we'll to stick with yeah, running we'll the football. There. We'll get there. It's only All right, Worlds World is brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit com slash find us. Member FDIC. I do have to be serious for a moment here. Okay. Uh, the Bears injury report is out. Hey, As is the Atlanta Falcons injury report. I want to know about Cole Komet. You asked uh, Tom Thayer like five minutes ago. Cole Komet Limited. Listed as questionable for the game. He's going to play, right? May, uh, yeah. He's, He's tough and gone. Yeah, he is. Right? and Yes. And I would think that he'll do everything he can to be out there. Do you see, by the way, DJ Moore was not on the injury list at all this, this week? Right. Like, he's built different yes. than the rest of us. Do you yeah. see what he called himself? He's Wolverine. Wolverine. David, yeah. Wolverine. He's the X factor, the weapon X. He is. He is. is Spending like, time up there with Alpha Flight. I'm telling you, there are certain guys, I'm sure you can identify them in the baseball arena. Yes. I can watch somebody, especially at the wide receiver position, for a day. And come to a pretty firm conclusion. That he's just different than everybody else? Yes. And listen, this isn't magic, because when DJ got here, he had already had three seasons in the NFL of 1,100 yards receiving. This was not a new revelation. But to see it up close in your team's uniform, it's very easy to come to the conclusion that he's your best player, regardless of position. He comes to mini-camp practices. He's working harder than everyone else. Yep. He just... He's different. Like, he doesn't get hurt the way other people get hurt. I want the list. I want cornerbacks, right? Cornerbacks and safeties to make a list of the wide receivers they don't want to have to tackle after that guy's got the ball. Yes. And you'll see DJ Moore in the top three. And you'll see that. I agree with you 100%. If you look at his yak, which has been what has been missing from this team... For a long time, love a good yak. Yes. Long haired, short haired, doesn't matter to doesn't me. Doesn't matter to me. Just Give me some yak. He is. You are one hundred percent correct. Yes. He is hard to bring down. Yes. He's a physical player. You look at him and you go, like, yeah, he's not that big. He's strong. And he's six foot, two hundred and five pounds, and strong. So there are there are two kinds of hard to bring down for me. There always Evan. There's just kind of the elusive, and neither is better than the I'll other give you than you the a guy. Fairly, that Boston College kid who's a rookie for the Baltimore Ravens. Zay Flowers is a very oh, elusive sure. type player. He's that, elusive, like, yes. right? DJ Moore is hard to bring down because he chooses to be. Yes. You don't understand he, what I'm uh, saying? I totally agree. I know you understand what I'm yes. saying.
2: And that's, he seeks contact. Yes. That's beautiful to watch. Remember okay. the... the the play that he had at the end of the Minnesota game, when he he makes the catch down the field that sets up the game winning field goal, he catches that ball and he's looking for yes. a dude to right. hit. Yes. As right. a ball carrier. Yes. I love yeah.
0: it I absolutely. Now there are it, times it, where you got to get you, know, you gotta get out of bounds, you gotta have yes, you know, time and totally. situation, all that kind of People stuff. People make business and, decisions uh, when when it comes him, and he can uh, take. I believe all of Pittsburgh is having a conversation yes. about their guy making a business absolutely. decision. Absolutely. He's just I mean, look, I'm not trying to sell you on him being better than Justin Jefferson. I'm just selling you on him being a really good football player as good if not better than advertised and an enormous asset to this organization with everything his performance he practices every gd day he comes to work and he does his job can you i know it's waddle's world but you started getting serious so i'm gonna bring it up can you imagine how this conversation about the bears is different if they miss on the receiver that they want to bring back in that trade, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. If they bring back someone who's not the DJ Moore right. quality, it and caliber, makes that trade so much more appealing. There's no question. Yeah. And and I give Ryan Poles a lot of credit because he so. basically said, "I'm not doing this deal unless I get DJ Moore." And to me, that credit, at least, you know, when you're talking about poles. That credit outweighs the Chase Claypool thing, though it is a problem. It right. has been a problem. Right. That outweighs it for me. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. It's um, weird. By the way, uh, the full injury report, Tevin Jenkins' full uh, participation, as he has been most of the week, all yeah. week. Cole Komet, as I said, is, was limited today. He's questionable. Darnell Mooney's already ruled out with a concussion. Did not practice at all this week. He's already been ruled out. Lucas Patrick was limited today. He's questionable. Uh, And the rest of the guys, full participation. As I said, DJ was never on the list, which is... He's just different. He's different. Uh, When it comes to the Atlanta Falcons as well, the majority of the guys that were either limited or... however, Most of them were limited in practice this week. Going back to Thursday, they were all full uh, participation... On Friday, much easier practice, not a whole lot going on. But Taylor Heineke, who was limited with an ankle, was listed as full participation. I would still, if I'm them, I'm going to come after your ass and make you show me that your ankle's okay because despite being a 30-year-old quarterback in the league and a backup... He is a bit elusive, Sorry, go so ahead. go not come after him. Clear that up for me. Whose ankles and whose ass are we talking about? Uh, Heineke. Right? Oh, okay. Taylor oh, Heineke. I got confused about it. Yeah, your ankle was, is, okay. his ankle's got a little no. bit bumped. Oh, his ankle. A little bit banged up. And the ass you want to see is... So we're going is... to go after his ass. I see. I, yes. Got it. We're going to make, make him prove got confused. that that ankle's okay. Appreciate it. Just saying. And they are a better offense with him under center than they have been. They're just one and three with him in his four starts, but they're averaging 26 points per game when he's their quarterback. Rest of their offensive line, I take that back. Caleb McGarry was uh limited. He's listed his questionable, but Lindstrom, good BC kid, Jake Matthews, who I don't think's missed a game in his entire life, comes from great football stock is the a kid, is that right? Jake Matthews? No, Jake Matthews was A and M. A and wrong. He's either Bruce Matthews I think he's Bruce Matthews' son. Is that right? He's oh, part of yeah. the Matthews it's, football family. Good luck. They are, uh, yes, they are all, you're going to see a pretty healthy team out here. uh, Calais Campbell also uh, is not listed on the the injury list either. So, injury report brought to you by Costa Ivone, personal injury lawyers. Um, I had this story for you. A woman is suing a dentist after four root canals, eight dental crowns, and 20 fillings in a single visit. No. No. Minneapolis woman has sued her dentist after receiving four root canals, eight dental crowns, and twenty fillings in a single visit, and she it? says led to her disfigurement. Well, yeah, that's going to happen. Can I make a guess at how this happened? Dentist, they they put her under, you know, with the laughing gas, and the dentist kind of just got crazy, filled out the work order, just started checking boxes. Is that how this happened? I'm not sure. We're going to get there. Ka- uh, Kathleen Wilson filed the lawsuit last week. In Hennepin County District Court. Hennepin is a good count. Accusing the doctor of Moldrum Family, uh, family Dentistry in Eden Prairie, um, uh, Minnesota. EP, yeah. That's where the mall from Mallrats was. Oh, really? In Eden Prairie, yeah. Nice. That's right. Uh, don't go to this place, though. Uh, sh- the lawsuit uh, accuses the doctor, the good doctor, Dr. Kevin Moldrum. Uh, providing negligent treatment in July of 2020 that caused significant injuries. I think it was anything but negligent. He attended along to everything, with, <laughs> along with providing an unsafe dosage of anesthesia and falsifying medical records to cover it up. Are there any safe dosages? And who hasn't made a typo? Not with this number of uh, not with this number of, of procedures. According to the local newspaper. Uh, Her legal team retained another dentist in Florida to provide an expert opinion and review the medical records. I don't like she had to go out of state for the other dentist. I'm with you there as well. Don't like that. (laughs) Would you actually be featured in Florida or Ohio? Which dentist did she get? (laughs) We're going to get to that later as well. It says here it's inconceivable to address 28 teeth in a five and a half hour procedure one challenge of a long appointment well, not if you're not if you're with moldrum that guy come on He'll get y'all 36 in about five six hours long ap- on the golf for a lot of people <laughs> long appointment maintaining adequate anesthesia was also the maximum dosage is actually 490 milligrams of but Dr. moldrum, moldrum administered 960 milligrams wow, 500 this. more what's what's 500 milligrams amongst friends? Records show that the doctor, the good doctor, said he administered eight tubes of dental anesthetic known as carpals. But Goldstein, the new doctor, found the first dosage alone was eight, and he administered 15 throughout the visit. At the end of the day, again, I repeat, woman sues dentist after four root canals, eight dental crowns, and 20 fillings, in a single visit. Well, a six-hour visit? She could have sued during the visit, to be honest with you. That's a long time. I mean, that. I don't enjoy going to the dentist. It's one of the things that I'm most apprehensive Wren about. When is the last time you've been to a dentist? Sylvia always bust my chops about this. I probably go once a year instead of every six months. Yeah, maybe. There was a time when I had gone only once in two years, and I love my dentist, Dr. Al. Dr. Al's the best dentist on the planet. It's a me issue. It's not a him issue. This is a me issue. I have been to the dentist probably three times since graduating college. That's not good. It's not good. This is not a brag. No. For me, it's it's, why do you choose not to go to the dentist? I just kind of never. Well, first of all, first... You know, a couple jobs out of college, wasn't making a whole lot of money, didn't exactly. So it was a financial issue. Health insurance, yeah. as they call it. So that was a problem. So you don't have health insurance, the last thing you want to do is go hit a dentist. Well, and by the way, I was going right? to say health insurance doesn't cover your dental. And even when you have right. dental insurance, yes. it's not exactly, right. you know, helpful. You when it are comes so still situations. on the hook for a large amount of the dental procedure. Which is why Kathleen is suing, I'm sure, because the bill was probably pretty 50 high. Grand, I, believe. I went down to I made a trip last time I went to the dentist. I made a trip down to the Arizona Fall League, right? It's where they send all the prospects. you get your teeth checked? No, I went down to have a good time, and I did. But here I am, halfway through a ball game, watching some prospects play. I'm at Talking Stick, Salt River Fields. You know, which where the Diamondbacks and Rockies play. That was the night game that night. Gorgeous ballpark, one of my favorites. And I'm eating a bag of peanuts. Right? Are you eating with the shell? I often sh- I go do back. Do you really? Fr- I do. Yeah. I Why? Because my grandfather, a Cincinnati guy, yeah. would go to the ball game. He'd get a bag of peanuts and a newspaper, and he'd watch the ball game. And he ate them with the shell on because I don't know. So did I. When Growing you fight the Cincinnati, battle yeah. it changes you. I okay. guess. Right. I didn't so fight where, the battle of the bulge, but well, when I'm in Cincy, and that changes. I it. ate. Yes, I ate peanuts with the shell on. So I'll probably go five to one. I'll shell five and eat a whole. You know that kind of thing. That's probably where I'm at. And I eat the one with the shell on it, and it chips a piece of my tooth oh, off. God. So I had to go see the dentist when I got back. I was I was all ripping it up, and it was bad. That's the last time I they went just, to go see a dentist. That me, was definitely eight years ago. Dental, dental pain. pain is more painful and traumatizing than any other pain because there's no fix. No, you can't. You got go Band-Aid. see doctor. You can't wrap no. it. There's no. There's yeah. nothing. nothing. And again, as I said, I love my dentist. Not just as a dentist, but as a guy, he's a friend. Have you told him that? Oh, he knows. <laughs> He knows. He knows anesthesia. that I am. Hell, I love you. Yes. He knows how much I like him. Is that he why you're not going? Like, knows. You, was there a, was there no, a real I go, honest I got, conversation you the chair? And Listen, now you, you have to, I got a long list, okay? I got a long list of things I got to get done sooner rather than later. I'm a year late for my colonoscopy. Oh, you don't want it. All right. I, that's a mistake on me. You got to get in there right. for that. I, totally. That's, that's me. This yes. is, Are you looking at this face? I am. This is serious I face. I am. Totally. I love you, buddy. You got to get I'm that taken right care of. I know. I know I got to do right. that. Okay. And I got to go to the dentist. Tyler, we got to keep on him about that. You got to yes, do sir. it. Totally See, yes, I'm sir. the one that has spent the last several years here in the station saying you, you make sure I And I got to take have. my I got to take right. my own advice. Okay. Good. We can't joke about people. I mean, I'm not joking. I'm telling you that I've got to uh, in the new year. Those are my get it scheduled. Yes, and I'm gonna get my physical yearly. I go to my doctor and get a yearly physical. I'm a year removed from. Can't think of the last time I had a physical. Jesus, yeah, it's not good. So you can't give me the No, no, but I can because the minute I hit that magic number, what is it? Fifty Fifty? Yes. The yes. minute I hit fifty. You're in? Like the day after, yeah. July thirteen in the All Star break, I'm gonna yeah. be in there. Yeah. I'm gonna have that schedule. Yeah. Don't worry about you you that. To. Yeah. But I have no idea what my my I don't know, I gotta I have to book my daughter's fifteen month appointment for the season at some point. Like I'm late on that. Yeah. Otherwise, I think we're in pretty good shape. I don't know how we, Oh, we got here because of the, uh, the dental Dentist, story. The yeah. Were, yeah. yeah, I'm going to get that fixed. When we come back, it gets even more out of control because we've got a little something for you called Florida or Ohio. That's next. ESPN, ESPN
1: 1000,
0: 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle & Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness.
1: Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. As always, listeners, feel free to play along
0: at home. you play along at home? Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. You won't know this because you weren't here, but the very first week I started here at ESPN 1000, I filled in for you as you were on vacation. I think you were on a boat somewhere. Making, yourself, really? some, making yourself some Florida, Ohio choices. Yes. And Sylvie the first show I did, it was me and Sylvie and yeah. he's like, All right, here's Florida, Ohio, and Do I you remember go, the story? What? Do you remember no. the story? You don't? No, no. Absolutely not. No. Wasn't that memorable? Sylvie was still well, he was still doing shows from home. Oh he was And we were in the upstairs. Yeah, I mean it was that whole you know, this was, yeah. it was February, November, something like that, twenty twenty one. So like we were still doing the whole that whole setup. So I was trying to navigate myself around that. Met Black and Abdallah for the first time around. Anyway, that that was the uh, Florida, Ohio thing. That was my first. Nice. It's still here. It's still with us.
2: Brought to you by 19 Crimes, right? Indeed. 19 Crimes Wine is unapologetic by nature, disruptive by design, and believes obedience gets you nowhere. Check out the wine aisle and start defying the rules with 19 Crimes today.
0: We've had a lot of producers over the course of time. Maybe not a lot. Tyler has been the best at a lot of stuff. Really? Finding Florida or Ohio stories. Not it, the best. He's the best in the world. Really? So much so that, like, he would bring you true debauchery, and Sylvie would shudder at some of the stories. Oh. Yes. Some of them getting get cut because they're not appropriate uh, for. No, Tyler still gives them, just, them oh, to us. There but is that is that a fair description?
2: Some of, say Michael Jordan is the Tyler Rocky of basketball. There I you am, go. There, there am, you
0: go. I'm enticed
2: and there I'm excited. Go. Anyway, our story today, man arrested and facing felony charges after he threatened to blow up a bar he'd been kicked out of twice.
0: See, that probably would make Sylvia a little uncomfortable. Doesn't make me uncomfortable at all. I'm in. But well, you got Florida, Ohio.
2: The arrest report right. states that John Paul Meadows was kicked
0: out of...
2: Uh, what's the bars name here? Oh, you say the, the, bar, tuna yeah, well, the smoking tuna
0: saloon. Yeah, smoking tuna saloon. See, I, it's got it no to be Florida. There's no smoking tuna saloon in Ohio. Although, if you were just traveling through Ohio, like you're in the back roads of like Oxford or something, and it's a smoking tuna saloon. I'm pulling over and I'm making sure that I stop in. What do you get? You, I. Who cares? Okay. Just, the tuna Just jerky, see what's going on the in there? Tuna jerky and a whiskey sour. Okay. It's really get oh, weird. Gross. Yeah. That would be the world's greatest Ohio order, right? Was a whiskey you, sour and a tuna. What tuna did? jerky to yeah. swizzle the whiskey yeah. sour around? Get yeah. the egg white all mixed. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna go Florida. I gotta go Florida. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm somewhere on the Atlantic side. I will. I'll go. Uh, I'm gonna go Miami. I'll go Vero Beach. John Paul Meadows. Wait, where'd you wait? Wait a second. I I said Florida. Oh, you did. I didn't know we had to pick an area of Florida. Kendra, do you have a selection?
2: I wanted to be different and select Ohio, but you know what? I'm going to stay right there with Florida. Okay, it's just too many. I think it's a good choice. John Paul Meadows hails from Macedonia, Ohio, (gasps) and threatened to blow up the bar in Key West, Florida.
0: Yes, yes. It's an Ohio (laughs) in Florida. Yes. But officially, the story is from Florida, so we're winners, no, all of us. But the three of us are winners. The most dangerous Ohioan is yes. one in Florida at yeah. any given moment. Yeah, that's who you got to watch. I should for. have gone Key West. I should have known that just because of the, the 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 name of the bar. I love that you've elevated your Florida or Ohio game to a point where you're picking cities. cities. Yeah. Now that's brutal. I would say forty to sixty percent of the time, I'm in Tampa. Because that's where the majority of the chaos takes place. Show me Tampa. Show me Tampa. Man, I covered an Outback Bowl in Tampa I once. I played in the Outback Bowl Ooh, back did in the that day. Get weird. Yes, Man. I played in the Outback Bowl against the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Did you know that they bring a bloomin' onion and to each and every member in the press box of the press in the they, press box? They do that now. They didn't you do get that anymore. Give in them their individual day. bloomin' yeah. onion. Yeah. They walked by and they said, Blue and Onion, Bloom and Onion. I said, Absolutely. Sign me up. I have a couple of good stories, real quick. First of all, Blake Galvin was one of our, our captains. He played in the NFL for several years for, I think, the Jets and the Vikings. Showed up for pla- uh, practice on Wednesday. With no shirt on and got out of a cab with his uniform because he missed the team bus to the practice facility because he was out and nobody knew where he was. He yes. showed up for, for for a bowl game practice shirtless <laughs> with his helmet, shoulder pads, getting out of Mullet a cab. Flowing in the wind. Getting out of a cab. That is- beautiful. We were out every night until well past midnight yes. and the Georgia guys were actually hanging out with us but all had curfew at 11. And we were MFing all of them because they had to leave the bars at 11 and we were there until an infinite time. That is fantastic. And then we beat their ass. And then yeah, and then you win well, that I ball. We didn't beat game. their ass, but we beat them. Hey, any win in the Outback Bowl yeah. is a win. Yeah. I promise you that. Woo-hoo. That's fantastic. The only bowl game I played in, the only one we won. What well, year was it? Was that your senior uh, year? My sophomore year. Sophomore year. Yeah, it was great. Tampa was fun. Bowl games don't have what they used to. Hall have. Hall of Fame Bowl. Everybody... Was it the Outback Bowl? It was the Hall of Fame Bowl? It's the Hall of Fame Bowl. Yeah. Raymond, was Raymond James? I don't know the history of Raymond James. Was that around that long? It may have been there. Don't recall. Okay. I was drunk for an entire week. <laughs> In the first quarter, it sounds like <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. I was a sophomore, so I was probably drinking illegally as well, but I had the best time of my life. Not sure any other ways to do it at a yeah. bowl game. Good the point. way you get that done. We're anyway, going to gamble when we come back. Oh, you know we know should. That? Yeah, we yeah. should. Put it on the line. I like it. <laughs> Doug Kazarian is going to join us and give us some football financial advice. That's next.